Okay. Well, today on the Indie Comic Spotlight, I have a very special guest. This is one of the creator corners on Indie Comic Spotlight. And this is a guy we've been trying. I think we've been going back and forth for a while. And he's like, hey, do you still want me to come on? And so I apologize to you, Eric, that it's taken me so long. Life has been crazy. Awesome. Plus, we're in different time zones and we work different shifts. So this is very exciting. So my guest today is writer, artist, creator, all around awesome guy, Eric Lee, creator of The Breakup Artist, which is a webtoon, which he's just given this shit away for free people. So there's a link in the show notes. I'm going to link to episode one. So you can start from the beginning. You know, I mean, he's been doing it for years and he's been bringing the heat and it's amazing. But I'm gonna cl- you're going to link on episode one and you'll be like, what's this? We're not going to spoil too much. We're going to get you a general vibe of what it's about and, you know, do a deep dive like we do. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really appreciate you uh, you hosting me here. Uh, it's, I'm really excited. It's great work. This is the kind of stuff to me, you know, like indie comics, there's obviously all different kinds. But but the fact that you're, you, you have such a passion and you're giving it away for free, <laughs> that always amazes me, the, the stuff that's on Webtoons. It's crazy. And um, and so we'll we'll get to how I found how we know each other, sort of. This is our first time meeting face to face, as it were, but we're in the same group. So this will be part of your comic book origin story as we as we begin here. So let's go way back. You're out on the west coast of the United States right now, but you weren't, I'm assuming, you know, at one point in time, little Eric, wherever you were. California or New York, wherever you were, you found your first comic book. What was that? And what was that like? And how did you, how did you come to love the medium that we both love so much? Uh, I'm a, uh, I, I was born and raised in the Bay area of California. Um, but like, truthfully, like my comic book origin story started with, with my dad. He, he, uh, collected comics. He uh, he was the one telling me like, oh, back in the day, he he would have the original like uh, original first issues of you know the whole run of the Avengers. Or, oh man! Or, and like, and it's like wow, that's, that's and then he'll tell me all the stories about it, and then and then eventually it got to the point where where he's uh, Marvel started collecting all their old school issues in their in what they called their essential editions, right. where they yeah, were, yeah. Like, twenty issues of of whichever series, so my so my dad would just buy those for me for uh, for uh, birthday or Christmas gifts, and I would just blaze through them. So I fell in love with comics through through Marvel superheroes. Spider Man is will always be my uh, my favorite character ever. So yeah, but like I I just love comics. I love and I love the arts. I love how how interesting and dynamic it is. It's not just like the superhero stuff, the cool action stuff, but also just like, um, I really, really re- grown to appreciate how artists are really in depth with storytelling with, um, you know, with like character acting with their body language and also their faces. And it's just like tells so much like story. And my favorite times is whenever I could just like breeze through a comic without like, looking at the panels or looking at the, the speech bubbles and, and just like understanding the story and getting the grasp of the story just from looking at the panels and looking at the art alone, because the artists is, especially nowadays, they do so much work in storytelling and, and acting. No, for sure. It's funny. I interviewed Sam Latvey, the um, artist, Sam Latvey, and he does like uh, 
he did last stuff on the red line for dark horse and he's the cover artist for the turtles and he actually said he has a drama background and that that actually helped him be an artist that's funny that you say that so it, it's it's obviously a thing that you you artist types all understand is that understanding the acting part of it um really is important and and june her face you always know she your main character she wears her heart right on her sleeve and her heart-shaped face which by the way i love that you've given her a heart face it's so smart god they're so clever i've got so many things to talk about but um from that like as soon as you see her and you're like such a heart-shaped face her chin is a point and it's so clever and so good and you don't address it it's just there for the reader to notice you're like oh she's not wearing her heart on her sleeve she's wearing her heart on her face and it's, it, you know, so, so, but again, she's so expressive. So that's cool. So do you act at all? Or is that just, is is that, part, are you a theater person too? Or it's just like, you understand that as part of being a good artist? I definitely, I, I, I'm not a theater person, but man, like, you know, right after comic books, like theater, theater and stage plays and movies are like my, my next like passion. I, I always love um, acting as well, just for sick, for exact same reasons I was saying about comic book artists, the acting, the body language, the silent um, faces. You could just tell so much, even though they don't have to say anything. You could just tell everything about them on their faces. Um, and I like to, I like to kind of like try to bring that when I you know when I do the art, my art, and I, I do um, honest for real have a mirror um, right next to my my artist desk so I could be like, well, I want to do a face. How does it look? And then I'll have to like act it out like with a, with a with expression or something with their eyes or their eyebrows. And then I just look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, there we go. Or <laughs> that's now I could, now I could kind of like figure out how to do it uh, on the character. Nice. That's amazing. So you write and draw. I do. So, so when did you, as part of your comic book origin story, what did you do first? Were you like writing stories first or did you start drawing first? I definitely, I, uh, I came in uh, liking uh, a lot of drawing first. Um, I, uh, I've always been really passionate. I mean, when you grow up, uh, grow up with, with like Spider-Man and, and the Avengers and the other Marvel heroes, I, I always want to like grow up and emulate those artists and and just like copy them, you know, from since I was a little kid, tracing the pictures or copying the pictures straight from the pages to like doing my own uh, to doing my own drawings and then like graduating from that to doing some uh, less bombastic uh, over the top uh, action scenes and more trying to do capture like more character drama stuff and being interested in drawing regular people who have interesting dramatic problems or, or conflicts. And now because of doing the breakup artist for a couple of years now, I've really grown to really love that, um, uh, doing that as a part of the process. However, I would say, even though, uh, writing came in uh, secondary for me, I've actually throughout this process have really also grown love uh, to love writing, um, from concept to, uh, to, dialogue to putting it on uh, words on the combo page. It's a process. It's incredible, but it's also extremely stressful and a lot of back and forth. What do I do? And I, and I was having to actually straight up do research on how do I write a dynamic character? How do I write a dynamic scene or how do I, uh, or how do I set up 
conflict and and have character arcs. Like it was all it's all things that I've always been interested in, in learning about. But then, like this past couple of years, I've really buckled down and started reading a lot about it, listening to podcasts, listening to um, or watching YouTube videos on on screenwriting, and all and all those things are excellent resources for a young upstarting writer like me. Well, I love, and, and again, as we get into it, I, I like feel like I've got a million things. I've been reading this for a while because we've been, you know, we've been going back and forth. So it's like I, I've got a million things. But I and I said before we started recording, I think you're di- and I'm I love dialogue. So for me as a writer, I'm not an artist at all, but for me as a writer, dialogue is my favorite thing to do. And the most recent project I just finished, it's really narrative heavy. Like that was an intentional thing for me to be like, so let's scratch that itch. I'm, I want to, I want to push, you know, cause it's easy to just be like, I, the whole story is going to be dialogue. I, I, I wrote a whole story, short story once it's all dialogue. There's no character. There's no descriptions at all. And that's fun. And I'm, that is easy for me. And I love it. I mean, not easy. You know, I mean, I work on it, right, but I yeah. love your dialogue. I feel like it's really natural. So I can't wait to, to get into how you found their voices and everything. So, so that's sure. super cool. It, I'm just, just I, I feel like I want to get the whole interview over in five minutes because I've got so much to say. So I'm trying to slow myself down. Um, so before we get into the breakup artist and how you came up with this idea and everything, because um, there, it's a really fascinating story and like you said you're a big superhero fan and i grew up with superheroes i think most people find most people come to comics through superheroes i mean there are people who will maybe come through calvin and Hobbes or through like the far side or through like our british friends with the beano and the dandy but i think um i think a lot of us come through superheroes and but I, my favorite stories are not superhero stories and this is i mean june we could argue june is a superhero and she has an alter ego which we'll talk about but she's she's not she doesn't put on a cape. There's no superpower. So, so that's really fascinating to me that, that you wanted to tell a regular story. So like, what was your first is as part of your origin story? What was the first, if you can remember, what was your first kind of non-superhero comic that you read? First non-superhero comic. Um, I read it's actually prob- probably, um, why the last man by oh, okay nice um and and easily he's been my my favorite like uh one of my favorite uh comic book writers in the past 10 years like everything i've i've read from him i like i've been like blown away by or it's so it's just so good like i i really really enjoyed um his dialogue i like how he always he he always makes the world feel very like full and lived in and very educated feeling where there's a lot it's it's not dumbed down right it feels very it feels very smart it feels very intelligent the way he structures stories very intelligent the way and in the way why the last man ended as a series as a whole it's like that was beautiful and i was just blown away by the ending and i was and i felt like wow i i wish i could come up with a high concept like like the last man on earth <laughs> like why last man that uh, that's just such a good a good simple concept but has so much good um dramatic potential <coughs> my favorite story of my favorite story of his is paper girls oh my gosh yes <laughs> I, and, and, I, I like when i finished reading paper girls i was on a plane so i'm just like i'm by myself too so like here's this grown man sobbing on a plane and Pete, like, I, luckily I was sitting like at the back of the plane and that particular flight I was like in the back row, but I was just like, 
a mess when that was over. I, I and I couldn't tell because it's not super sad ending, the end of Paper Girls. And I covered that on the show, but I don't want to give it away for people who haven't read it. But it was just he's such a great writer, right? He he's because you love the characters, and the same thing with why and with your characters, you love them immediately. Like you you get a sense of them, and then the more you spend time with them. And I love reading the comments. Normally, I'm not a comment reader in general because I think comments are places where assholes and trolls live. But your comments aren't full of that. Like webtoons, people don't necessarily go to webtoons to leave a lot of hate mail. So your the people who comment on yours, like I'm like living this weird vicarious life. At the end of each issue, I scroll down and see what people say, and they're so invested. So it's so they love them too. So it's you really have a great sense of character. And that makes sense that you know, if why was your first non-superhero comic? Because Vaughn, that like you said, it's just, it seems like a simple story, Last Man on Earth. But the reason that story works is because those characters come to life. Yeah, I mean, the characters are just like it's like thinking about, oh my gosh, this, this journey is insane. And and then I always like stories where even though you kind of predict that there's going to be a happy ending, the real conflict to me is always, how the heck is this character even going to get there to begin with? Like, right, the process, the journey. Yeah, 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 yeah for so, sure. So like, and it delivers uh, stuff like that, or or I really, really, really am a huge fan of, of Vaughn's um, Runaways from Marvel. Oh yeah, I've not read those. I hear I hear good things. Yeah. The same thing. Love, uh, love that. And it's always like, well, I could kind of predict where it's going to go, but but once again, strong concept and the characters' interactions are great. Dialogue is great. It's it's easy to get hooked on on comics like that. For sure, no, I agree. I think and I think that's it's really important that it is all about story. You know, it's there's plenty of failed superheroes. There's plenty of like backbench B lister superheroes, and and yeah. and you know, and like some of my favorite characters are B list superheroes. Like I know right now. Beetle and Booster have their resurgence again. And I've always loved them. And they've always come and gone, you know, the Ted Cord Beetle. It was always my favorite Beetle. And, and I like the other Beatles too, but I always like, and it was mostly because of that Justice League International when I was a kid. And Booster and Booster and Beetle were great. And they know they're they have their thing, but they're 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 kind of like leaning into them being B-listers, which, you know, or D-listers, maybe. But I think sometimes those what makes those minor characters our favorites is because they're, because they've got a, they're quirky and they, they, um, they, they, you know, you kind of have a soft spot in your heart for them. So yeah, characterization is, is super important for sure. So, um, so the, the way that we sort of know each other is through a discord chat in the fantastic universes world. So we, we would be remiss before we move on to talk about the breakup artist. If we didn't talk about how, you know, the Ray family who apparently their, their reach is universal. Ha-ha. See what I did there? How did you meet Stephen Adam and how are you part of the family? Oh man, yeah. Uh I I met Steve and Adam through um through our other uh comic book journalist uh, journalist website Dark Knight News where we uh, where Steve uh, Steve is the um the editor in chief of of Dark Knight News and Adam and I are are writers and and um and we a lot of contributors to doing a lot of different things, um, but it took me like it took me a while to realize, holy cow! Like Steve is everywhere, and I don't know he is how, everywhere, right? I don't know He's how insane. he does anything. Like I don't know how he does 
He does Dark News. He does. Uh, he writes for DCN, which is yeah, that's, yeah. That's the universe. He you know, he does all these podcasts, and I'm just like, he does all these interviews, and I'm just like, how does this guy do it? He's amazing. <laughs> Where does he get the time of day? I don't. Yeah. I I don't. I have um, a limited time of day, but he really like packs it in. He really does. So you so you so was it like were you because when the way I got hired at DC Comics News, that's how I met Steve too, because I got was at DC Comics News, the sister Damien, Damien owns the both, right? So I had just said to think because I read DC Comics News and it was like now hiring. This was back in like 2016. Yep. And I just clicked that little flag and I sent the thing and it went to uh Ray at the, Roy at the time. And then he and Damien were like, Yeah, sure, sent us a sample, and that was it. And then that's how I met Steve. So did you just do the same thing? You just like now they're hiring or or yeah, pretty much. Um, I I got on a, like actually around the same time, 2016-ish. Mm. Uh, wait, did I? Yeah, uh, like a little bit, uh, like maybe a little bit before 2016-ish, and same thing where I already read the websites and I read and and then I see not hiring. It's like, well, I've always wanted to. I mean, I always wanted to write about uh, about comic books and about superheroes, and you know, huge Batman fan. So it's it's an easy jump to go from. From writing, you know, writing just in general, to writing about like superheroes and and stuff I'm extremely passionate about and could talk for days about. Nice, that's very cool. Yeah, Damien, this it's so weird. It's the internet. I I teach online, and you know the internet is, is part of my job. And you're out in California, like you were saying off here. You're like are in Silicon. You're in the shadow of Silicon Valley. So like the internet is super important. Here we are talking, but it's like crazy that we're talking. Because some guy in Australia started two websites. It's insane. Have you ever talked to Damien? Yeah, he's uh, he's so, so great. <laughs> and I and I follow. And Damien is also like, man, I've got to follow his like workout regimen too. Because oh my god, insane. he is a superhero in his own right, isn't he? Yeah, like Damien's like definitely is living up to his dream of becoming his own Batman because he really, yes, he really I know. looks like Batman. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I saw him interview, like, you know, cause he does the YouTube interviews. And one time I don't remember who he was interviewing. John Barrowman maybe was at the OzCon. And so Damien was in his flash shirt and, you know, he's wearing a Smedium, you know, he's like, cause he's all jacked up. And uh, David, Bar- John Barrowman's like, dude, like he's just like, what's that? What is happening? Like he was taken aback when David first walked in. Cause he's so, yeah, he is ready for Fight Club. Is all we're saying. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. It's crazy though. But so, the, so it's amazing. The world of Pat, like you said, passion is the word. And so, here's these group of geeks and nerds from all around the world, and it's all through this. So that's super cool. So through Dark Knight News, you met you met um, Adam and and Steve, and now you're in the Fantastic Universes world. And so here we are. So that's very cool. So Steve Ray, Adam Ray, previous guests on my show. I've had Faye on. I'm, you know, the goal is to try to get everybody okay. from the from the team on. Yeah, Faye came on and we talked about um, the Wicked and Divine. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Oh. But I heard a lot about it. Yeah, that was that was her that was her choice. She's like, let's do that. I was like, let's do that. Oh my god, right. that's a you would like it's another another recommendation to put on the yeah. list. Yeah, well, you know, Faye, if you need a recommendation, Faye Club. Just kind of, you're like, I need some to read. What's Faye? Just go and follow. I, Faye, I made her after she was the guest on here. Um, I, I made her, I follow her on Goodreads now. So then you're just like, that's the way. You just see what Faye's up to on Goodreads and you just are like, oh, I click all the time. I, I want to add that, add that. 
Um, I read a lot, but she makes me, I mean, I read like 200 books a year, but she reads 400. Oh my God. She's something. Yeah. She's a maniac, but in a good way. So, so you're part of this nerdy family. So this is very cool. So what do you think this is just, um, before we talk about the breakup artist, you are, you're a comic journalist and a comic writer. How, what's the, what's the space like in your brain is that weird to be like critical of and think critically of comic books while writing your own? Or do you find the thinking critically of, because if you started in 2015, 2016, you started Breakup Artists in 2018. So did you find thinking critically about the comics helped you write a better comic? It, I feel like it definitely does. I also, I've, I've also like growing up through uh, in the Dark Knight News family and in the Fantastic Universe uh, family, like, doing a lot of comic book reviews and, and, or like critiquing like a lot of older comic books. Um, and, and at some point it's kind of like, okay, I really am getting idea of like, you know, what's considered a good comic and what's considered a, a bad uh, comic or what's considered good, like a good story and with good characters versus like the characters here are like illogical and they're not, and they're not doing anything that's like tethered to, to reality kind of thing. And so that really helps inform me for my comic book writing. Um, and, and I think, and it's extremely true about the whole, you are your own worst critic because I've for gone sure. through, I've gone through the scripts for the brick of ours, like over and over again. It's taken years and years to uh, perfect it and tweak it. And I'm, I perfect it and tweak it all the way from like, from script form to uh, even like when I, put uh, lay and laying out my panels and laying out my speech bubbles, I'm still going back and going like, well, there could be like, maybe I could like tweak the dialogue here to make it a little more fluid or, well, maybe, well, the panels don't quite reflect what there's, what the characters are like saying. Maybe I could tweak it. So like they match up better. Um, so it's a process all the way through. And then, and then even after I hit publish, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking, what else could I have done? differently or is this how it's going to work uh, like would this work and or and also gosh i hope these i hope these beats really they really work and then they pay off later on in the storyline well you definitely do that i think that's the sign of a good of a good storyteller because you're a visual storyteller obviously you're right you know you're a written storyteller and you there are a lot of payoffs and i think that's really important because it it would be easy for a comic like the breakup artist to get real samey and you go out of your way to say me technical word right there English teacher at work right here say me sorry but it, there is a there is the opportunity for that with a book like this and all comic books have that opportunity to get super samey and it's like well I I have a rhythm I have a formula I can keep doing it it's working and you don't like you are telling I me mean, yes obviously that's her, what she does she's got a thing um, yeah. And you can't get away too far away from that, but, but you're also, she's growing and, and you're setting stuff up in episode two that pays off the end of the first arc. And then in the second arc where you make this stories a little bit longer than that first arc, you're, you're setting stuff up, your breadcrumbs and, and, and you don't do like an automatic callback to it. You're trusting your readers to remember, which I appreciate, you know, it's not like the old Stanley re-explaining what you know cyclops's power is okay so i appreciate that you don't do that and you know stanley's thing was always everybody's comic every comic is somebody's first comic but you know with webtoons nobody's first comic is you know issue 40 
they've, right. they've started, you know, so that there's a built-in advantage there. So, um, so I really just, I just want to say, I, I appreciate the, the effort that you're putting in and, and your skill and critical eye uh, is evident. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So to try, I try to also avoid the same, you know, sameness a lot. I, that's something I think about heavily um, with either in all areas of the, of the script writing, whether it be the dialogue, the scenarios, um, different breakups, because, because it's easy to do the same breakup with the same kind of like type of character, but you want to try to shake it up because otherwise it gets a little too repetitive and redundant and, and a little boring. So yeah, the trying to avoid that sameness is something that's always on my mind whenever I'm uh, trying to write. Well, it works. It, com- it comes right through. So let's finally, so, you know, half an hour in, let's finally tell people what the breakup artist is. Sure. Um, give us, what's your elevator pitch? How do you, how do you get somebody to read it? I mean, you were like, here's a link. I'm like, sweet read. So it works for me, but <laughs> what people who are listening, who've not read the breakup artist, what is the pitch? Sure. Um, short elevator pitch is the breakup artist is sometimes, is sometimes you are in a really bad relationship and you got to get out of it, but you just can't. And man, wouldn't it be easier if you could just hire somebody to break up for you? Well, that's what our main character, June Law is. She is what she calls a professional breakup artist where she reaches out to girls and females and then she she listens to them about the relationship and then she goes and breaks up for them. So that way they don't have to, the girls don't have to worry about it. They don't have to worry about blowback retribution and anything like any kind of horrible like stuff that happens. It's like the girls don't have to deal with it. June gets, it has to deal with that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, she's part. pretty thick skinned. It's pretty impressive. Like, and, and I love that you just dump us in it. You don't like you learn how she there's like early on, there's like flashbacks, you know, like eight years ago or whatever. So you don't, you, you just throw us right in the muck right from the beginning. And I appreciate that because it would have been really easy to be like, let's build up to it. You're like, no, no. If I want people to read this, they got to see a breakup on panel one and boy, do they. Um, (laughs) So tell us about, so it's interesting. So why did you choose to have it be a female lead? I love to write, you know, I write female leads all the time, but you chose that obviously in our, our male lead is a, He's heartbroken a lot and he's weepy, but we love, we love Harry. But um, why did you make that? Why did you decide that? What was the seed of the idea of, you know, that I want this to be a female led comic as man. Sure. I, I've oh, just wanted to be female lead um, mostly for, to challenge myself as a creative uh, writer to make sure I could, I can um, change the, uh, funnel my voice into into being more uh, having that feminine approach um and i also and i'm not in this alone i uh, my wife is my is pretty much my de facto er- editor well that uh, mine too isn't that the yeah. best <laughs> they, it, they always uh, she helps bounce off any any just general broad story ideas or dialogues or or just in general like oh that's not something a a female would do that's not something <laughs> like she'll call, <laughs> call me out which is good i i want that i do not i i don't want to have like a weird like this is a male version of a of what a female should do just like i want it to be as authentic as possible um but also the whole idea of the breakup artist and and it being a very uh it, it, i feel like it's a very like 
uh, challenging thing that that exists in like that women and females have to uh, have to deal with like in daily life in daily basis. Um, not to say that men don't deal with it too, with the uh, with the difficulties of having to break up in a in a bad relationship. But uh, but you hear about all these things on the news about females or like whether it be like sexual harassment or whatever else or or abusive relationships, and you think, yeah, this is a much more it, it feels like a very prevalent problem for females. And it only makes sense in my mind that the female lead, that the lead should be a female um, because she would resonate the most with, with the people she's helping out. Yeah. I think it works really well. And I think it's like a really, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, and so this wouldn't, this isn't a, this is a very, and my kids are Gen Z. So, but this is a very millennial, like the old, you know, younger millennial, or older Gen Z book, it's like a perfect fit. It, it captures this really excellent uh, voice for that generation, I think. And I, and it, because it is different because it is easier to do, um, you know, I think there's like a commentary there and I'm curious, this is where the English teacher me gets out of the control. There's a commentary in there for me, you know, it's easy. Once smartphones happen, you can just break up on a text. You could in theory. And I know people who've had that happen or, um, and, but for Gen Xers, like if you're going to break up with somebody, you got to do it or worst case scenario, you know, or, you know, I mean, at the right. beginning of the internet age, I guess you could send an email like that's, you know, we were in college when the internet started to happen, but really, you know, you got to go do it. And so this, this, this idea, is there, is that there, that commentary on you, even the, even these people know, like it, it's a little too low to just break up via text. I want to make it sort of personal and it's, but it's, I still want to have it be. Um, I don't want to be there to see the train wreck. So, so is there a commentary on that kind of the separateness that we have in our lives, even when we're with somebody? I mean, these are people who are breaking up. It's not like there's the one guy early on who it's like, I think you met her once and you're, and he's like, yeah, I get a little clingy. Uh, and that guy made me laugh a lot. But like, for the most part, these are people who are in real relationships um, yeah. and she has to get in there. So it, is that there? Am I overreading? Is that the, the, the awful English teacher? <laughs> so total. Uh, so, full disclosure. I'm I'm with the millennial generation, which is the generation where where we started breaking up via text or via uh, via email. Um, so yeah, so it definitely is something that I've grown up uh, I've grown up with when I was in college, and I've seen it, and I've seen it in my young adult before I was I've gotten married, and I see that, uh, or I talked with my friends who who've either had it happen or they know of, uh, of other friends who've had it happen. And it really does put in mind of like, yeah, there's, I guess there's text, but in my head, I always think it, if you don't do it in person, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Right. Really, <laughs> do you really break up because there's a lot of, from my experience and from other, uh, from my, uh, my social circles experiences that I've heard this happen to where they do it through text. It's very, like, oh, does this really happen? Oh no, it's a little confusion. And then you kind of like it gets drawn out. It's still like a, it's like you say, oh, we're done on text, but it's still like another month or two before you're fully realize you're done because there's still that confusion and like and that's uh, that vagueness to the text. And like, oh well, it doesn't sound that serious if she even if she's saying saying a text. Maybe I'll still try to talk to her after class or maybe I'll still try to like find ways to hang off her and and it's like well no we need like 
it, once we get older, we need more definitive, definitive, at the very least, face to face, even if it is through a proxy uh, ways to break up with people. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's, but I, I, I agree with all that, and I think it's, I, you know, that's that's the feeling I get when I read it, and and like I said, I just, I just really think it's smart. Because obviously it's obviously these people that are hiring June, they've got some issues like and like you said, some of it is going to be legitimate, like you're saying, like it's well, I'm, I'm petrified because he, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a, an abusive relationship. And that makes perfect sense. And I, I get that, you know, because sometimes you need somebody else's strength. And June is good at projecting strength. And we'll talk about what whether June is really I mean, she's obviously really strong, but, you know, like what that is and, and how much of that is armor and how much of that is real. You know, like you right. know, how much is she's projecting? Because I've got a, I've got feelings about you, um, but uh, but I do think it it is really smart to say you know like that idea that this is a way to make it final, and and it's it's still safe. And so I didn't think about the safety issue at all. So that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, and you know, you can't get more the the people with whom she breaks up. They are never in denial because they're like, well, damn, she hired a stranger come to my work or to my gym or to wherever I am today. And that's a, that's a, that's a big ask to ask somebody to do. So, you know, that she's thought about it. That isn't like, like you said, a text can be like, we're done. And you're like, well, you were just angry and sent a text. It doesn't mean anything. So, but you, yeah, you went out of your way to hire somebody. (laughs) Right. So the other part of her being strong is, yeah, she has to be strong in order to kind of like face down these guys who are like, who are, are belligerent and angry about getting broken up with. And then at the same time, she also, you have to, I want to show like, no, she's also like a, a very compassionate person. She's also very, she's also very um, empathetic towards, uh, towards the, the girls that hire her. And it's, and it's a huge ask to ask a stranger to, to break up with, uh, with their boyfriend. But because Jen, uh, June also projects that level of, of empathy and, and openness towards the girls it makes it a lot easier and then that's something that gets around um and so she's developed a level of trust for uh, for her clientele base for sure i actually think what i what i love about her too just another thing another layer you mentioned empathy you make her really empathetic for the guy she's breaking occasionally she's like you're a loser but most of the time she really was like, listen, man, you're the one time, like she's almost counseling somebody and more than once, but she's like, it'll be fine. You'll be okay. And you know, it's almost like, and, and in more than one occasion, you know, that the guy she's breaking up with kind of fall in love with her because <laughs> she's such a badass that she's doing this. So, so that she is very appealing in that way because she is very confident or she projects as confident, but we, that's also really smart. What I think that you're doing is the th- when we see it through the perspective of the guys who are getting broken up with, she's the strong, confident, but then we see her hanging out with friends and in her life and she's kind of a mess. So what was your reason for doing that, for making her personal life be a hot mess while her professional life is so structured and, and seeming to be, you know, she's always got her shit together. So what was your, how did you come up with that part of her character? I was always interested in the idea of, of well, compli- uh, complicated, complex, layered characters are always interesting to me. Um, if they're too one note, then it gets it, then it gets boring. But also, it, it, the idea of of this weird dichotomy of her 
her, her being you know, being very tough and very, you know, but uh, or being very sweet, depending on what the situation is, and then her personal life being all over the place. Um, that came from the idea of what kind of person goes out and and thinks it's completely cool to go and interject themselves into a, a stranger's very personal, intimate relationships. What kind of person does that? Um, and then I followed the logic and the train of thought and I figured, and then my, my conclusion was it has to be somebody who is, who's has, who's had something to happen to her in the past, but not only that, but also feel that she also feels compelled to help these, to help these people because she understands that there is a worst case scenario where if she doesn't help then, or she doesn't interject herself, then it could end very badly, and very, and that, and that is the very um, the motivation that that goes with uh, that that propels June through these um, uh, these series of, of breakups. But also, it's also it is a little bit weird uh, to think about it like that. It's also a little messed up. So she doesn't have all her stuff together herself. Clearly, whatever's happened to her in the past. It's affected her in a lot of different ways, not just in one facet of her personality. Right. She's so complicated. And I think I think that's what makes her such a compelling character for me is that, right, everything the person who chooses this is her job. And we learn this isn't her only job. Like, and that and that was really, I appreciate that you don't there's no exposition man. I mean, her two, you know, the her friends are are there to kind of give you some background, but there's not like you know, a Todd, and again, who I'm going to shit on Todd McFarlane and how dare I, but he is like, and I know you grew up on Spider-Man and his art is beautiful, but boy, his writing is exposition heavy. And you let, again, you trust your reader. So um, is that just because you're so interested in the visual storytelling that you're like, I'm going to do a great facial expression. I'm going to do a good body positioning. So the reader is going to get it. So I, that's my exposition. Is that, is it always art driven storytelling first so that so that you don't have to do that. Cause you don't have to, I mean, we get the sense of who she is from just a few looks like even the, like when she scrunches her face up, when she's like, I feel yeah. shitty for doing this. Um, I just appreciate it. But in a, in that moment, when she's like, you, you as the reader are like, Oh man, she's been through the shit herself at some point in her life. And you don't see it later in flashbacks. We see it. So, so I, I'm just curious about that, that, um, that that way of storytelling and and telling us to giving a complex background to a character without having to be like june was born in 1989 you know what i mean like you don't do that but it's there yeah i uh and this is my my uh way of writing it doesn't it it didn't come uh, originally come out that way but for but eventually it kind of it kind of did come to be more Okay, I could rely on the visuals more, but initially in my in my writing process is always extremely exposition heavy, extremely over explaining everything or over explaining what's the mood of the scene, what's the personality of the character, over explaining, and then and then as I go along in my process of of going back doing edits, going back and actually drawing the art and seeing, oh, I don't really need to say this here because the art the art speaks for the. Or the character's mood in the scene. Then I then I come to whittle it down, whittle it down more. So I and then just and then to the point where I'd be like, okay, I now I'm at the point where 
I don't feel like I'm holding the reader's hand or I'm holding it just enough so they could get through and understand the people and what's going on, but not so much where people get boggled down on details. Um, I, I liken my writing process to someone who like creates like sculptures and statues where they just have a giant block of, of, clay or a giant block of marble and it's like that's my exposition because i just put it all out there mostly so i don't forget like what i'm trying to do and then it's like okay this is good but but like you know i could take out huge chunks here i could take out huge chunks here and then later on in the process when i got the art down when i and i'm matching it up with the speech bubbles then i could even more finally come in and just go ding 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 and it's like okay i could get rid of this dialogue piece here I don't need this dialogue or it's a little too, too much talking in this scene. Maybe I could just like, you know, take off a little on the edge and it just willows it down and willows it down until it becomes more of a fully formed um, sculpture or in this case, a fully formed comic book with an idea with, um, with visuals telling the story as much as the words and dialogue. Oh, that's a beautiful that's beautiful, man. I love that. That's awesome. That is exactly, I get a little goosebumpy hearing you talk about it because that is amazing. And it comes through that passion that you just, I mean, everybody who's listening, it comes through. If you, if you've not read this book, if you've read this book, you get it. If you haven't read the book and you're going to want to, because you just heard everything that hurts. So that was beautiful. I love that. Um, oh, I love art, you know, like I'm an English teacher, but I'm a writer, but I think that that, that art matters. You know, I think good storytelling matters. I think we, I just read this book called the reading list and it's about these people who, who find a reading list and stuck in a book. And then they all start reading it for different reasons and how reading these books bring them together. Like I was like a choke. I was like a, just a mess reading it. It was so good because it's the idea of how art can heal you sometimes or art can help us through stuff. And I'm sure, you know, you're, you're a, you're a pretty well-formed man. You know what I mean? You're married and you've got a job and everything, but I, I'm sure writing about June and her and her life has gotten you through some stuff. Yes. And then this whole, this whole breakup artist um, story and the, and everything it's been, I feel like it's been pretty therapeutic for me because I'm, because I'm not, I'm married now, but back when I was thinking about, I'm just, I always look back and think about when I was single or dating around and then I was thinking, what a weird time that is that is a weird time weird is a nice way to say it it's a mess yeah. isn't it yeah and I, <laughs> I, it, there's some ups and downs which I've i think that. most people's uh <laughs> people's experiences with dating um but yeah and then i just wanted to kind of make the breakup artist as a way to kind of like put a put my my statement on on dating and relationships and what people do do and sometimes it's kind of weird and messed up when you when you think about doing it like like breaking up through text or or doing these weird things like stringing people along if they if they um like someone and then they but the other person like strings them along it's a very unusual thing so i just want to really put um a punctuation on that kind of thing and and say something about that um which goes back, uh, which goes to the what really got me like excited to write the story. Which is, I I feel like that I have a lot to say about single life, uh, singleness, dating, and I think I have a lot to say about um, how people are like just 
in general, how they interact with each other and how they are, how, especially when you get in your twenties, mid twenties, which is where the characters are at, the main characters are at, you start thinking about, you start forming your, you start self-actualizing and, and forming your true self that you carry on with to the rest of your adulthood life. And then it's kind of like, okay, now I want to think about the idea of, of how is it like in your twenties when you're still kind of forming yourself, but you also want to like make changes in your life. And is that even possible to, to change yourself that, that dramatically? Or do you feel like that you're just going to revert, that, that the person is going to revert to form and they're still the same person as they were in high school, as they were in their twenties, as they are in their fifties or whatever. Like that's, those, those are the questions that I like to think about. Those are the questions that, that I want to kind of bring through with my writing with what happens with the breakup bars and even what happens in with uh, the other characters in the story. Man, look at, this is like philosophical. I love it. Well, let's talk about, honestly, I have to say, you know, I mean, I think this is just me projecting again on June. June does this because the only real relationship is with the, that she has is with her best friend. And that is a lovely relationship. So I want to talk about that. So like I read it and I'm like, you're doing this as, as a way to, to force yourself. Like you're like all, like if you surround yourself with every day I wake up and I have to go break up with somebody, that's proof that relationships are bullshit and that there's happiness staring at her right, right in the face, literally across the hall. And she, she can't see it because she doesn't want to see it because she's got her other stuff that she's going through. So I think, you know, it's really funny about how we, like you said, self-actualization was the phrase that you used. And I think that's really smart because June hasn't done that yet. And she's, you know, when we first meet her and she's, and obviously she doesn't, it takes her a while. It's not something that you can do overnight, but I, I like the idea of, of the things we do to self-sabotage June self-sabotages all the time. Her whole existence is really kind of that. That's my read on her, except for, with her bestie. So tell me about her, tell the audience about her and how she came to be and and why did you make that choice that they, you know, to create such a cool bond friendship? Is she based on somebody you know? So um so June's best friend is is Maylene, who is a very different personality than her. She's where June is much more a much more reserved, a little bit more um, snarky. <laughs> is much more open she's uh, she's very uh, she, uh, she if you think june wears her her heart on her face mainly will just like say anything that comes to her mind but on the other uh, on the other hand she's also a very um dedicated career person herself she yeah, she's a lawyer yeah lawyer she does stuff she actually helps june with the breakup artist business on the business logistical side of things um and part of the reason is we have is I I'm still trying to play within the the tropes of of a romantic comedy where there's gotta have a best friend. There's the best friend that they could bounce uh, as a sounding board to bounce ideas off of or bounce or or bounce their thoughts off of. There has to be uh there has to be the a male lead who's who's interested in her. There has to be a love triangle. So there's so there's that between. Her and the other male lead, um, and so Maylene is uh, is that she serves as that best friend slash sounding board uh, function. But I also want to like say that when I I really do mean when I say that I try to think about the themes and the 
and idea of of how what kind of person like breaks up with people and then how does that then in relate to her friend who also helps her it's like there's something going on there and for and for readers at this point we could uh, i've revealed in the past that that stuff has happened happened to june to put her on the path to become a but there's also stuff that's happened with maylene that's also that's also put her on the path to help her uh, help june uh, with the break of ours. So they have they have similar philosophies in life, but they are but done in two different personalities in two different ways. Um, and that makes it for a much more fun, more interesting uh, interesting um, comic where where there's more back and forth. Um, Maylene is usually is based on a lot of different uh, a lot of different people I know in my life. Just like all the characters are either based on on some some people, some friends I have in my life, and or there's always parts of my own personality that are within each character because I always have to find a way uh, in for how do I talk uh, talk through these characters, and then so adding a little piece of myself, even if it's teeny and minuscule, it helps me like really get into their head a little bit more. Oh, and it's I think that's what I love about Maylene is. And I thought that too, and I'm glad you said it. That you know, right? In a, in your, it's it's a romantic comedy that you're doing, and and um, the best friend is it for whatever reason. There's as part of the trope is that the, the the sassy best friend is not always really smart. You know what I mean? And and I love how smart Maylene is. I love how together she is. It's like it's really fun to me to see because in a, it's like you flip the script a little in a traditional romantic comedy Maylene's the lead because she's like she's a lawyer and she's a professional and she just can't get her love life together and over here is snarky funny you know June la but but you flip that over and so you've made June the lead and her best friend on the outside has all her shit together and on the inside is a mess and it's the other way where it's like June's got I've got this business I've got this business I'm doing all this I mean you know to be a self-employed person like she is that's hard i mean that's a hard life to be like i'm gonna get up i'm gonna be a freelancer i gotta hustle so you you the fact that you've made june a freelancer tells us she hustles you know she's got two businesses on her own so i just i like that you flipped the script because it it really does then make us look back at romantic comedies which we all love people who say they don't like romantic comedies are lying that's a lie i i've been so much informed as much as i say so all the movies i watch with my wife they all, it all helps. It's all research for me to write this whole story. And after right. a while, you also feel the patterns. Of, of yeah, but you also like them. I mean, you know, we all know there's crappy ones, but then there's like really funny, smart ones. And I, I this is a really funny, smart comic. I will, I, I am so excited about people getting to read this. And, and now that we're done talking, I can finally catch up. I like deliberately didn't want to, I don't want to spoil. I want people to go read. And I feel like talking about some of these early, the first couple of years of issues, you know, the 2018, 2019 issues, they're like, well, but maybe people haven't read them. So I don't want to give everything away, but we know, listen, everybody, June does not get hit by a truck. It's okay. She's going to be fine. It's not that kind of book. Um, And then your male leads are, again, you've created love triangle and I love Harry and the comments are mostly like people love him that your fans love Harry. And so boy, but sometimes you want to reach in there and shake him, And you're like, dude, so how do you like, do you feel that way when you're writing Harry? Do you want to shake him sometimes? Like, is it, 
is it hard for you to keep him in that traditional role of sap? In, initially, my <laughs> initial take was, okay, well, I got to have a love triangle um, and and Harry or, or as he likes to call himself, Hair. Hair, um, yeah. He goes, he fits that mode of like that unrequented love. And for a while, it took me, it, it took me a while to think about, okay, but beyond that, where's, where's it going? And then over the course of the series, we realize, well, there is an unrequented love, but it's, but flipping, trying to flip the script again, I don't want to make him seem like a really mopey, whiny guy who's just hung up on her, like, and that's his entire life. He does, he has a lot of other things going on with him too. I He's love his band. Been- I want his band to be real. Can you make them real? Can you make a soundtrack uh, to the breakup artist? Please? Once, I, once I gather enough people, I can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he has his own life. He has he he has his own job, but he's also has his own dreams and ambitions. Where he wants to be a he wants to be a successful musician, rock band. Um, but he also has his own like set of supporting characters himself in his own life that he that, that is involved, and they sometimes overlap with June, but a lot of times they're also just like just there to inform who Hare is as a person. And over the course of the series, I, it, it, you kind of realize a little bit more that, oh, okay, Hare's not this guy who's just like hung up all the time. He, uh, he, he's actually quite a bit of a, of a ladies man and goes around and he's, and he's dating girls or he, or he sleeps with, the, uh, with girls a lot. But when he meets June for the first time, there's something little different about her that makes them a little bit more curious and that makes them want to like pursue her more so there's all there's all these layers right there too about between hair and between june and they are and there are a couple that it looks like that they could be potentially they could be a good good fit but once again um you tend to be your own worst enemy like like what you said earlier uh, self-sabotage why why is she doing this and she's purposely doing this she's oh, not, for sure she's not she's not like hapless and thinking oh i wonder if he likes me she she knows that he likes oh. her and she is purposely sidestepping it and it's and you kind of and readers early on will think well that's weird why would you not just go uh, go in for it and i like to think over time if you read a little bit more you kind of realize okay here's the reason why that that June is not just jumping into into this relationship with this guy, this seemingly perfect neighbor of hers. When he's not perfect. I mean, he's got his own his own demons. Like it's right. funny to me that we learn. And again, I don't want to spoil too much, but we learn why he is plays the instrument that he plays. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like the, the way that was forced on him a little bit. And so right. he kind of rejected it. But then he also kind of loves it. And I just there's did you ever see the movie Begin Again? With, no. Mark Ruff- with Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley. No. So it's about a, it's, she's a singer songwriter and he's a, mu- he's a music producer. And as he's putting her band, her backing band together, he hires a string section. So he's like, like a brother and sister cellist and violinist to be oh. in a rock band. And it doesn't like on its surface, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But like having seen that movie and reading this, I'm like, it actually sounds great. And so I really want, <laughs> I want his music so desperately. I like him. I think he's um, I think that's really smart, too, because he's not like you almost draw him. He's almost like a stereotypical 90s, you know, romantic comedy lead. But he's so layered and he's really thoughtful and he's got a really interesting, sometimes painful backstory. 
And um, I like that you don't give us the, again, your ex. So it's interesting to know that you write all the exposition, but you give it to us slowly. You kind of drip feed us. And I appreciate that as a reader because then we don't get overwhelmed and it, and you we're invested because it's like, oh, four issues later, I'm going to get a little bit more of that time with his dad when he was eight. And you're like, oh, cool. Or when we first meet, when we see June and, and Maylene first meet, you're like, oh, cool. Um, and, and that fits into their narrative. So now it's issue 20. And now that's informing, reinforming issue two. And it will then play forward in issue 40. It's really... I can't express enough how how well written it is and how tight it is as a script. I Thank wonder you. I wonder about that though just as craft. What's your storyboard like I know you're writing it all out but but have you um when you're writing cuz you've been doing it for 3 years now going on 4. You've probably been thinking about it for longer but you've been publishing it for 4 years. So when you're on issue what was it 146 now or something. So how often do you have to go back to issue 46 to make sure it's consistent or is it just all up in your, up in your melon? It's um, it like, I always have, like, I always know everything, you know, obviously since I wrote it. Um, but then I always have to like fact check myself and be like, wait a minute, is this how I remember it happened? And then I would have to go back and reread my own, <laughs> my own um, stuff to make sure this lines up. Good. It's not just a callback to nothing or, or something, or, wait a minute, is this consistent with the character, like what they've done in the past? And then I would have to go back and reread to make sure and fact check. So it happens a lot when when I'm in the process of writing. Uh, right now, since, I am, since I'm drawing and writing, um, the whole, the, the, this whole script is done. The whole story is, is written, but it's always a matter of, of simultaneously drawing and then thinking of new ideas and then going back and re and retweaking the future scripts or uh, so mm. that they reflect my new ideas or, or new connections. And that's part of the beauty of, of doing a long form serial comic, which is I continue to evolve my ideas and, and make connections with the story or different connections with each story plot plot point over time. And sometimes even, even my readers, um, influence influence what i will write in future installments because for example some of my readers they they've really uh, they've really taken to hair a lot more than i I anticipated they love him man oh my goodness so so i needed to keep coming with more like more material because for uh, because initially i had him but then he would drop in and out of the story but then it's like well i should People seem to be really liking him. I gotta, I gotta dig into that more, or I gotta like tease them more with more will they, won't they relationships between Hare and June, and making sure that 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 people are are teased enough and interested enough and engaged, so they want to come back to see what's the next thing that's going to happen between those two, or how, or what's going to get in their way, that kind of thing. So themselves, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> get out of the road, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So two, two, two things on that. And then we'll, we'll get to the wrap up. I mean, an hour flies by. I, you, you, this has been, it's been a long time coming, Eric, but I'm so glad I'm having a great time, but I also, why well, don't, again, I know we're going to start to get into too many spoilers. So I am curious, you mentioned long form, but you also mentioned the script is done. So does that mean that you are seeing the ending? You know how many, like, is you, you have a number in mind? You're, I think you're at what, 146? Is it like 200 is the oh, end? Or? 
I think I'm at 146 right now. Um, I do. That's what we've seen. You've obviously are way ahead of us than what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, have an ending in mind. My, and, and I pasted it out and I'm like, and I calculated it and, I'm correct. Then the and then the whole series should be wrapped up by the end of this year, 2020. Really? Or or at the or at the start of, of the next year in, in January 2022. Wow. Um, at, at the current moment, um, the latest installments are we're hitting we're hitting the climax of of the story. I don't which I won't get into um, for fear of spoilers, but we're hitting the climax, and then and then the rest of the story is dealing with the fallout of the climax and dealing with the, with all the drama that ensues from there and then resolving it. So, which nice. I counted out and it's like, yeah, I have given a, looking at my pages and looking at my, my scripts that I have on my computer. I only, I have a couple of months worth of material and then I'm done. Um, yeah. But, um, I just also wanted to point out the really quickly point out the other two characters that. Were, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, of course, sorry. no problem. So the other part of the of the cast is is Amber, who is uh, who's a girl who hired June to break up with her boyfriend, but then it turns out that June actually knows her uh, the boyfriend that she wants to break up with with, uh, and, and June's interested. Yeah, June's interested in him. And his name is Ezra. So they all have their own little things too, where Amber and Ezra are like, well, how are these, how are these two together? And how does that go? How does that evolve and change throughout the series? And how do the characters um, change or try to change? Because going back to my, to my running theme, my running theme is how does a person change in their life? How does a person, or is it impossible for a person to change throughout their life? And I want to kind of like keep on hitting that point again over and over with these characters. So Amber and Ezra, the, the last two um, people of our main cast, they also reflect a lot of that, uh, those themes as well. Well, I love, honestly, I got to say, like Milk Out the Nose Funny when we first meet Ezra and his name is Ezra Zhang and it's like, Ezra. And then you're like, you don't, you don't insert yourself as omniscient narrator a lot in this book, which I appreciate. But you're like, he's got a lot of Z's in his name. Milk out the nose funny. I thought that was fantastic. I was like, because you see it and you and you like acknowledge the reader sees his name and thinks it. And then the, and of course I did. I'm like, what a name. And then the next line is you're you like were in my head. So that was great. And Amber, I think, is such a great character, too, because in any other story, air quotes, people can't see me. Amber's the lead. She's not a supporting character. You know what I mean? Like she's the tall willowy beautiful model type person and you've made her a side character and i mean she's she's there but i really love that and of course you know june's like oh my god like june's in love with her she's so hot and she tells everybody how beautiful she is and and you and and and, but amber's really nice i mean she's a i like amber you know she's a nice character but i I think it's really interesting too because you flip the script if it were if, if if you like just pitch this movie as a movie people like oh amber's the lead you're like nope (laughs) amber is 100 not the lead it's kind of like that um you know what i think of is did you ever see the truth about cats and dogs it's yours i mean you made yes (laughs) right that's that that's it it's the yeah janine garofalo is the lead of that movie and uma thurman is the supporting cast and it's very it's very like that and i appreciate that you did that i uh, yeah i also want to do the thing where um, I do a slow review of, of these characters and their 
and their personalities over time. So initially, yeah, the initial is like, wow, yeah, Amber should be lead. But then over time, you realize, no way, she's not the lead. She's turning out to be more of the of that um, rom that rom com trope of well, you got to have the, the the bitch in the of course, <laughs> at, yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, I didn't want to make them like overly antagonistic uh, with each other. So and so trying to divert subvert um, expectations again, I tried to make them actually fairly friendly with each other throughout throughout the series. And with with only like conflicts coming from their personalities being different and clashing, yeah. Um, yeah I tried to avoid as many those rom com tropes as possible. I didn't not I don't always successfully navigate through them, but but I've tried to to subvert it at least seventy percent of the time. Well, you have to. I mean, you can't. Any I, I say this all the time. Good satire lives in the sandbox that while it's making fun of the sandbox. And so you're writing a romantic comedy. That's what you're doing. But you're also commenting on romantic comedies. Your, right. your lead character, June, is your traditional romantic comedy lead. And like, she's mixed up and whatever. But you've also made her a lot more of a mess and a lot more of this. And 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 like you said, on paper, because of who you make Amber be, mm. she's the lead. But she's not the lead. She's a supporting character. And yeah, and I don't think, I think... I think you make a naturalist. You don't. What I appreciate about what you said at the beginning, and this always pisses everybody I know off, is that I think James Gunn is a bad writer of women. I think James Gunn, and who am I to talk about James Gunn? But I think James Gunn writes women like he expects 12-year-old boys think women are. And you said that right from the beginning. You're like, I didn't want to write women, female characters who are like, this is what dudes think women say. And so... That was really funny. So I and I agree, and I appreciate that you do that. So um, I just I just I think that that's really smart. The way that Amber and June's relationship is again subversive a little because it would be way like right. It, she's the bitch, but it's only because it's through June's perspective. She's not though. I mean, I feel for Amber. I think everybody's complicated, and everybody's got to deal with their own shit. And it's just easy to look at her on the surface and be like, well, she's a monster or she's whatever. But I think she's complicated. You've written, you've created these beautiful three-dimensional believable characters. Um, and so we could have a conversation about them. We can all read it and we can relate to them. And we could be like, I'm on team June or I'm on, you know, I'm on team Ezra or I'm on team Hare. I mean, they're both great. I, I, I think I see the appeal to both, to both Ezra and Hare. Right. Um, you know, because it's like they're different. They're just different people. And who would be a better fit for June? And you think about that stuff as you're reading it. So I think it's real smart. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I just it's the sign of good writing when you believe that the characters are real. Right. And I and I really try to go on my way to make them as lived in as as possible and not just be their only function is to whatever the plot says. But I want to make sure that they all had many black backstories of their own, even if I don't, even if we don't talk about it, I, in the stories or address it directly, I, I create backstories for all of them just to inform me of how they are as a person. And it comes through, it, it comes through you, you know, all these people have arrived because they're all, they're 20 somethings. Like you said, they've arrived fully formed. You didn't drop us into like, I mean, sure. They grow and change as the story goes. Cause you've, you're, you're four years older and you're in a different place in your life. And you and your wife is like whisper in your ear, like, Hey, what about this? And that's all important. And like you said, the fan. So I think it, I think it shines through. 
So final two questions before the final, final question. And then you tell everybody how you can find you. So why WordPress or why um, Webtoons? Why did you go this route instead of trying to kickstart it or do something like this? You're just giving this shit away for free, man. And I'm sorry, I swear a lot because you deliberately bleep out all your swearing and then I swear all the time. So I apologize if that's offensive, but um, I, I, I feel like you're bleeping out the swearing because it's on Webtoons and that's it. that's part of the deal. But why did you go with Webtoons instead of another route? I um, Honestly, it's mostly because I been a fan of webtoons for years i mm. also i also read a lot of their uh, a lot of their stories and i'm thinking these are really good stories and and you think about it it's like a lot of these people are are like me where we have a job we have a nine to five job or they're students or and but they also have a really intense creative outlet and that's the thing about like about webtoons which is which is like youtube anybody could create content and put it up on youtube Webtoons, you could, if you have a drive, you have a story idea, and you could draw or have someone draw for you, then you could put up put it up. And I like that idea of of anyone could be a star. Like right now, the most the most popular webtoon um, uh, webtoon story right now is Olympus Lore, and she also uh, was that's not her that you, that wasn't her nine to five job originally. The writer and artist she she was doing something else, and then. But eventually, she became so popular that she dedicated her uh, to doing this full time. So that's that's kind of the ambition. That's kind of the goal that I like to go for. I and you know I'm not I'm not on social media that much. So I'm an internet nobody in my opinion. So but this is my way of trying to get it, get out there as much as possible. And then seeing people's reactions, seeing comments, it's actually really gratifying to see that. Um, sometimes I. I feel more, I feel more um, satisfied seeing whatever readers' comments are about the story and their reaction to the stories. I feel that more so than than like the subscribers count on on how many people are actually subscribing to to the comic. It, it, because it's all about trying to put something out there um, as my creative outlet, but also it's extremely extremely satisfying to get that to get that. Um, feedback get that uh the that comments and those reactions that i hope for and i like so because of my um my creative uh project yeah that's you're like a poet man this is amazing (laughs) i love it all right speaking of poetry Mm -hmm. all of your chapter titles are song titles so what's up with that yes i love it by the way i like they're all beatles ones at the beginning as a beatles fan thank you for that but what's that about where does that come from yeah um, it's really, uh, there's a really interesting, uh, seed of idea about that, which is I, uh, I was reading an X-Men comic is from the, is from Matt Fraction's run of X-Men where the, where X-Men were like living in a island off the of San Francisco Bay. And, and like, and I always was tickled by the idea of, of, of like Matt Fraction, the writer, always every issue he always introduces the characters in a very quick snapshot caption box um you know just to get people up to speed about who the character is and what their powers are and then there's one issue in particular that he introduced the characters using only beatles um titles and i thought that was the most clever thing ever and and i was and it made me think about like 
each song that that that, uh, that he chose for that issue, and then I was like, yeah, like those that song does fit that character. So I wanted to kind of like bring that a little bit over into my into my comic, where each chapter is a is a breakup song, and and I tried to make not just like a generic like breakup song, but I tried to make each breakup song kind of at least vaguely related to like the mood or the tone of what's going on in the, in each chapter. So, and so that actually gave me like a chance to like really deep dive into some old, some new, some, and some like obscure uh, songs that I've, that I personally haven't listened to, but then I like deep dive and research them on and listen to it. And then like read about, read about them making sure it's like, does this make sense for this? If I use this as a title. So yeah, that's my, breakup homage for music, but it's also a teeny mini homage to uh, Matt Fraction's run from the X-Men comics. Well, Matt Fraction is a bang up writer, obviously. That's a goal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get him on this very next show. I had his wife and genius writer in her own right, Kelly Sue, on here your, last year. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. She, we talked about Bitch Planet. Have you ever read Bitch Planet? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. I love that book. I, I, I She's so great. Yeah. So they're amazing people that, I mean, think about the talent. I feel bad for their kids. Their kids are probably like, I don't want to read comics. I mean, but cause you know, that's their whole life. But um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try. So you and fraction can be like, I'll tell him if I ever get to meet him, I'll be like, dude, you gotta listen to the show. Amazing. I would love that. I'll tag him when I, when I post this, I'll, I'll tag the, the milk fed criminals. Um, that's the name of their website, Kelly Sue and Matt's website. Um, nice. Well, that's, that's genius. I, this has been a joy. Thank you. Thank you to Steve Ray and Adam Ray for making and, and uh, Damien for making all this happen because we wouldn't have met each other if it weren't for our fun. We this is what makes the Internet good, right? The Internet is full of awful things, but it brought us together. Um, people good listen. Part. Yeah, I, the, the good part of the Internet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the final question before you promote yourself is who's this for? Who who do you, the writer and artist of the breakup artist, recommend it to who if if if. If there's a person, not a, if it's an individual person, that's fine. But is there, who should read this besides humans? Who should read it? Is there a particular type of person you want to, to pick this up? I think it, I like to read it or recommend it for people who, who are into rom-coms, who are into, um, into those, uh, those K-pop um, dramas. Uh, but at the same time, kind of, or realize, okay, I've seen enough where it's like, it's a lot of the same stuff. And maybe I want something a teeny bit different to kind of just like, to kind of get me uh, interested and engaged in the, in the whole genre again. And I'm hoping that, that the breakup artists can do that, where it's still, you know, it's still rom-com, still drama. It still tries to do romantic comedy-esque things or have certain tropes. But I also want to make sure but I want to flip the script a couple of times. I want to throw the characters in a different situation that maybe that we don't see in, in rom-coms as much or, and, and get people more hooked on that. So it's for those people out there, whether you be teenage or whether you're, you're a young adult like me, like it, those kind of people. It's perfect. I honestly, I think it's a great book. I think everybody should pick it up and hopefully when the run ends, mm-hmm. then you will either kickstart a print copy or you will, I think you should, I think, I think you could do it. I think you've got enough fans that if you kickstarted this to print it as a printed collection, I, I would, I would be there on day one to support it, man. 
That'd be, um, honestly, is my probably my next overall goal. Once I complete the complete the comic, think about how can uh, how how will this look on paper in a book? Because it'll would, look great. Is what it'll look like. It'll be weird to read it left to right instead of scrolling down all the time. But I'm all in. Whatever I'm in. When, if you when you're ready, you've got a supporter. I'm gonna <laughs> buy it because you're giving it away for free so far. So I'm gonna pay for it when you when I can get my hands on it. Um, right. It's a great book. Thank you, Eric, for this. Um, thank you for giving us art. Thanks for giving the world art. It matters. And for, for thoughtful, smart dialogue, great characters, great commentary. And again, you mentioned the facial expressions. I love the facial expressions. You, uh, There's so many things. And like I said, from page one, as soon as I saw her face as a heart, I'm like, I get, I love everything about this book. It's so good. There's just like a smart, it's subtle. You never address it, but it's just there. So that is, that's the sign of good writing. So um, tell everybody where they can read your stuff on Fantastic Universes or where they can find you. I know you said you're not a big social media guy, but you've got, I, do I know you're on Twitter. Out. I follow you on Twitter. I think you've tweeted like six things ever. So, but not, if any, all right, okay. tell everybody how they can find you online. Um, now you could find my comic journalism stuff on Fantastic, Fantastic Universes or Dark Knight News where I'm staff writers for both of them. And I, and I contribute regularly to um, for uh, for the breakup artists. You could go on webtoons and and search for the breakup artists, and you'll find that my and for my my Twitter handle it's Mealy Art M E E L E E Art, and same thing with Instagram. And the breakup artist also has its own Instagram, which is breakup up artist comic. Um, so if you if you feel inclined. Please like and follow me. You should. And you are going to go to the show notes right now. There's the link to issue one of the Breakup Artist. You start there. Seriously, don't make any fucking plans, people. Because once you start, you're just going to click. The thing about Webtoons, if you've never used Webtoons, you get to the bottom and the next one is just right there. Just the little, the little, uh, uh, you know, thumbnail. You can just click to the next one. So don't make any plans. I had to stop. Cause I was like, I got it. I don't want to know how f- I didn't want to get too far. Cause then I would be, um, well, this is amazing. You're very talented. I, it's been a delight to get to talk to you. Thanks for being patient with me. I'm sorry. It's taken so long. So, um, people are going to read this. People should, I mean, you, I, if you don't, if you don't like this, that's okay. That's then you can, it's okay to be wrong. People who are listening, people of earth. <laughs> so thank you, Eric, so much. Thank you. Thank Sweet. you for, for, Give me a platform to talk about this. I love oh, talking about stuff like It this. was great. And you should. Uh, you should talk about it more. And um, it's really great. And so maybe other podcasters that I know, Seth, Mike, um, maybe they'll get on this and, and have you on, especially, I mean, especially since you're almost done too, you know, like Seth, you know, Seth from DCN to Seth Singleton. He's got that show storytelling with Seth. I think you guys would have, that'd be a sweet, I would, I, he gives that shit away for free too, but I'd pay to listen to you and Seth talk for an hour as well. So um it's amazing. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it, man. All right. Hey, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you had a fun time listening to Eric and I talk. I had a great time talking to him. So you're going to go support the breakup artist. You're going to follow us on Comics in Motion. You're going to like, subscribe, do all the things that you're supposed to do. You're going to follow me on Twitter or send me a message at Tricycle Boombox or go to my website, AR Farina. You can reach me there. This was a great, this is great. This is what indie comics are all about. So I hope you had a great time listening to Eric and I. We tried to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. Go to the link in the show notes. Read The Breakup Artist. I will see everybody next time.